Hello, welcome to Tuzo Talks. My name is Tuzo, that's T-U-Z-O. I'll be your host throughout this journey of lessons from life on the edge. So today I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, as well as an incident that recently happened that really taught me to be grateful for being at the right place at the right time. Now, if somebody had told me three years ago that by this time this year, I will be taking my daughter to nursery school, I would have probably denied it and gotten angry at this person with their stupid prediction because I would have said, no way, that's not me. You have the wrong person. That's not what I want, at least not yet. I mean, of course I want to have children, but I still have a long way to go. If this person said, you know, throughout that time, you'll probably go through that pregnancy alone, throughout the whole process alone for a while, before receiving any help or support, then it would have probably been the end of our conversation because I'm too positive for such negative energy. But like a lot of us, or should I say, a lot of us plan and God laughs. <laughs> so just to tell you a little bit about myself, I was born and raised in Tanzania. I come from Kilimanjaro. I'm Chaga by tribe. I've been living in Vienna for about three years now. I've been living in Europe for a total of about eight years. And I have one beautiful baby girl. Her name is Skylar. She's almost two. She's about 20 months now. And I'm a single mother. I'm not married. So yeah, that's pretty much summarizes me as a person. But we'll get to know each other as we go on. <laughs> now, while in Tanzania, I pretty much attended only two schools that have influenced me as a person that's for who I am right now. And these, I went to Heaven of Peace Academy, which is a Christian school that was founded by Christian missionaries who at the time lived in Tanzania. And so I attended Heaven of Peace Academy, also known as Hopak, from reception to grade six. Then I went on to boarding school at St. Constantine's International School, which was in Arusha. My, fam- my mother and I, we live in the capital city. We live in Dar es Salaam, and Arusha is about six, seven hours from there. I say my mother because, unfortunately, my father passed away when I was 11. So I was raised by a single mother, a credible, strong woman, phenomenal woman at that. And she was both, you know, she, she played her role as both father and mother. So at St. Constantine's, I completed my IGCSEs. Then I went back to Hopak to complete my A-levels before coming to Europe for my university studies. Now, Hopak and SCIS are both well-known schools in Tanzania and can possibly be categorized among the best schools in Tanzania. The biggest difference between the two was that one was founded by Christian missionaries and part of their mission statement even to date is to provide an excellent Christ-centered international education, one that would equip students to live out a biblical worldview in all areas of life. While the other was a Greek school founded by the Hellenic Society of Tanzania and aimed for individual academic excellence, cultivating leaders, leaders and warriors, so to say. And so personally for me, it was a huge change going from one to the other. But it shaped me nevertheless into the person that I've become today and has made me stronger and brought out the fighter in me 
and the other helped me build my faith in God and it really put a godly foundation in me that has been with me through to date. So when I was finally plunged into the world and that for me was university, indeed I was a little bit anxious, but I felt like I was ready. I was however a bit diamond in the rough, I mean, because for one, I could not cook. I could not cook anything. Now, don't don't get me twisted. I don't consider making breakfast as cooking. I could make some eggs and toast and everything. I could throw a huge best breakfast down, but any level higher than that was not for me. And it's simply because cooking really, it, it didn't interest. It wasn't me. It's just, it didn't interest me. So, I mean, I went out there and I, I knew how to make some ramen noodles and everything, you know. Thank God for Indomie. But it, the whole sitting in the kitchen for one hour, two hours, it wasn't me. And so I was interested. But I was ready, you know. Because I, I, I'm the kind of person that would say, you know, when I put my mind onto something, when I say I'm going to do it, I would do it regardless of what anything that would happen. I would just do it. If I say I'm going to go to this place, I will go there. Whether you like it or you don't, whether you think it's a good idea or you don't, I will go there. And so even when I came here, I looked for the university and I said, yep, that's where I want to go. That's where I will go. There's no family. There's nobody. Just packed my bags and went, you know, <laughs> and life figured out itself from there. That was me. <laughs> so now my mother also felt that I was ready, you know, because so far I had proven to her that, yes, of course I was ready. I mean, I made the grades. You know what I want to do in life. So let's do this. We're a team. Let's move forward. I'm ready to go to university. You have to let go of me. I'm ready to go out into the world right now. Now, as parents, what I've come to realize now that I have become a parent is that as parents, we oftentimes dedicate ourselves to put our children on the pedestals that we never sat because we believe that it prepares them for a future that will be better than ours. I, for one, started paying school fees. And even though she goes to nursery school, they probably play, eat and sleep and, you know. But I have to resist the urge to ask her what she learned at school today because we are still on the da-da-da-da-da stage, you know. <laughs> My daughter can say yes, no, mama, papa, and all those kind of things, but she doesn't speak yet. But I still want to ask her every day that I go and pick her up from school. I feel like asking her, what did you learn today? What exactly did you learn today? You know, is it the ABCs? Did you learn 1 to 10? What have you come back with? Simply because I want to know, are we on the li right learning track? Are you on the right track? Is this the right pedestal? Are you learning something? Like, give me some feedback on the investment that I have put in you. She's 20 months, guys, and I'm speaking like this. Mm -hmm. Now, if I asked her that question, I, th I I think she would pretty much think, you know, what's wrong with this woman? What is she saying? What is she saying? Why is she looking at me like that, asking me about ABC? She knows I can't speak. But we, we, you know, we communicate. We communicate like that. Because what can I do? I communicate with her and and I ask the teacher, so how is she doing? Is she fine? Is she is she getting along with the others? Is she good? And and you know the teacher's always that telling me, don't worry about anything. Yes, she's fine. She's good. She's developing herself in here. Don't worry. Now, 
maybe the reason why I worry is because there are some questions that go through my mind time and time again. And I can say it's maybe because of the experience that I've had as a person. Number one is, what happens when you're equipped with what is deemed to be the formula of success and you are prepared for a brighter future, but you don't deliver? Number two is, what happens when you have to wake up to the reality of the fact that who you are today is as a result of the split-second decisions that you made that have come forward, you know? They have carried forward consequences which you are still experiencing today. The third question is, what happens when every day you have to look at the faces of the hurt you caused your loved ones simply because you feel as though life was unfair to you, but at the same time, you also feel like they won't understand your pain. And on their side, they feel like you didn't care about the sacrifices that they made, and that's why you are where you are right now. And lastly, what happens when you are blessed with a child, but you viewed that blessing as a burden first because it is a blessing that you never prayed for? But you need to be thankful for it because you are a testimony of a woman that waited 15 years for you to be born. And you know of another who is still waiting and praying to hold hers in her arms. These four questions are things that they go through my mind. I ponder them and I have overcome some of them. I have overcome a phase that... I stayed on for way too long. And you know, we'll, we'll slowly get there, one step at a time. Out of all these questions is that there is somebody out there that also have the same questions as I do. There are questions that many of us young mothers, single mothers, I mean people that have become baby mamas without living out their Cinderella stories also ask themselves. The real question is how to find strength through all this. And how to be grateful in your pain. Now one thing about pain is that there is never... You know when you go to the hospital, there's this pain. Um, what do they call it? Uh, gosh, and I went to medical school. But there's this pain. I think it's like a spe pain spectrum and stuff like that. And then they will ask you, the doctor will ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pain are you going through? And you know you have to answer 10. Like, I am dying. I'm almost unconscious and... Three, you know, you gotta like put your pain on a scale of one to ten. The problem with disappointment is it can never fit on that pain scale because you will face it, you either faced it, you are going to face it, or you are currently facing it. There is no scale at which we can fit it in and let it stay there. And so for me, I found it really, I went through a phase of a lot of pain that I had to overcome. And now a lot of people will look and say, you know, you're a very, you're a really strong person. And indeed, I am a strong person. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but I'm also a very weak one. Because as strong as I am, I have my weak moments. I have my moments where I will cry my eyes out and call my auntie back in Tanzania and you know um her name is is, is auntie Vida and I'll be like 
because we okay so i'll call my auntie and i'll be like mom Dogorina, you can't believe what happened she's like the closest person to me in in you know when it comes to like telling stories and stuff like that so i'll call my auntie or i'll call my sister and i'll cry my eyes out and then after that i'll be fine because i'm that kind of person that i don't let something i don't let anything or anybody break me to a point of no return you know i have my broken moments of course but the only thing is i don't allow myself to be broken for so long and unless you know me personally or we are close you wouldn't even know my story you wouldn't know what i went through because i always tell myself it's not worth it it's not worth it oh yeah they hurt you that's life it's not worth this being angry for the next 10 years it's not worth it no matter what they do forgive them let it go now and i've found myself into situations where i'm it's so easy to forgive others but it was yet so hard to forgive myself and when i say finding strength and finding a way to be grateful in your pain i mean to find strength you forgive others you forgive yourself and then the last part is the grateful part and the grateful part is something that i struggled with for some time because it's hard to be grateful when you're bitter when you're in pain when you're asking more questions and you don't have any answers but for me, the greatest test of gratefulness was came to me about two weeks ago. And now, two weeks ago, on the 3rd of November, which was a Monday, and one day before lockdown in Vienna, a gunman uh, armed with a gun, a machete, and a fake bulletproof vest attacked the city center, killing four people and injuring another 17 people in the downtown district of Vienna. And this was sh shocking it was horror it was shocking and the bbc called it the night that the safe city of vienna lost its innocence now you gotta understand something about vienna first of all when i go out i'm not even worried about a thief talk less of a gunman you know I recently lost my wallet and I had about 60 euros inside. I had all my ID, everything inside. Coincidentally, like it, I was just lucky that the next morning I actually decided to go through my Facebook for some unknown reason, you know. I usually don't do Facebook, but I decided to go through my Facebook nevertheless. And so I saw a message, you know, so the person wrote me around 6. And by 6 I was already at home and the person said, you know, Hey, I got your wallet, blah, 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 blah. And I went and I got my wallet. I mean, we met up, I got my wallet. And all the money was intact. Everything was there. So that is the kind of city that we live in. I'm not saying it's 100% crime-free, but I'm saying it's that safe. It's a safe hub. You can walk the streets alone, whatever time it is. You can literally, you won't be worried. There's nothing extreme to that end that you would be worried about while living in Vienna. So on this particular day when this happened, I was actually on my computer. I was at home. I was on my computer doing some writing. And, you know, normally when I sit down to create, I would put my phone away because out of sight, out of mind. But, but on this day, there was too many phone calls coming in. The phone was vibrating just too much. 
Now, I'm the kind of person, if you call me more than two times, you better have an emergency somewhere. Because I will call you back. I will call you back. Please do not call me more than two times because I don't understand it. What makes you think I'll pick up on the third call, you know? I don't even call you more than two times unless I really want to ask something. Like, I really have something important to ask. And if I call on the second time and you don't pick, I will write you the message of what I want to ask and let you determine when to call me back according to my urgency or something like that. You understand? So I'm this kind of person. So when you, when I see my phone ringing like five continuous calls, I'm like, okay, this person must be dying somewhere. You have an emergency. Your leg is broken. I don't know. So, you know, I, I go on my phone. I'm like, what is happening? This, what is not happening? And so everybody's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at home. Where am I supposed to be? And my friend was like, hey, you know, um, you know what's happening on downtown District 1? And I'm like, nope. And she's like, hey, can you just sit on the TV and, and watch? And, she, you know, she sent me some videos and... My my baby daddy also called me and was like, hey, where are you guys? And I'm like, we are at home. The baby is sleeping. And he's like, oh, okay, that's great because, you know, downtown there's this gunman passing. And I thought, you know, because you were out today and you, you could have been there. And I was and I'm like, okay, you know, don't worry, I'm at home. So I put on the TV and we're sitting here and I'm watching the TV. I was, I was sitting here with my landlord actually that day. And we are in shock. It felt like, I mean, the silence in the room could not get any louder. Because we are looking at this beautiful city that we love and this peaceful country that we've lived in for so long. And we are looking at a gunman. We're looking at things we've never even heard of. Like, you know, for me personally, it it, it kind of hit a different way because two weeks ago, a week before that, actually, we were celebrating a friend's birthday and we were out until around two, three in the morning and we, we were calling our friends and I'm like, oh my goodness, guys, do you remember like we were, we were out a week ago, like oh, that could have been us. And everybody was so terrified that the next day I actually, I actually decided to take Skylar to school the next day and we were five people in that tram, five, literally. This is counting Skylar and the driver because as the adults, we were three adults. We were three passengers, you know. Nobody was on the street. The government even said, you know, if you don't want to be on, out on the street, you don't have to go anywhere. So please stay at home and everything like this. And it reminded me of being so thankful, of being so thankful for being at the right place at the right time. It reminded me of everything that God is keeping from me by putting me where I am because I could have been outside. I could have been meeting up with friends. And, you know, this whole year, 2020, has been such a humbling year that it almost feels like all our worst nightmares have come true this year. You understand? And so it really got me to sit down and be extremely grateful for everything. And say thank you, Father, because throughout life, I have found myself in moments where I am hanging on to bitterness and asking so many questions about why and comparing myself to people that, you know, why is, why is she there and I'm not? What did they have that I didn't? 
didn't I do this the right way? She even sins more. Father, did you see what she did? Did you see how she acts? And yet I'm here, you understand? And it's it's almost made me realize that, you know, why are you saying all this? Why you are complaining? He's still working behind the scenes. He's still working on each and everything, you know? And it dawned to me that, can you imagine that when God was forming you, he decided that on this day, at this time, while there is chaos and mayhem outside, you will be seated at home with your laptop and your tea. Now, maybe like me, you may have been stuck on another lockdown and thinking, oh God, here we go again. I could have been anywhere, but here I am, you know. I wanted to ask you today to give thanks for where you are, no matter the circumstances. Because you don't know that he may be saving you from the horrors of where you want to be going. I met somebody the other day after this whole thing. And he was telling me that his wife and his three children were downtown at this time. Now can you imagine the kind of nightmare the kind of trauma those children are going to have because this was the night before lockdown you know the restaurants were going to close after that night and so everybody decided you know it's the last day let's all just go out there for the last time honestly it's made me so grateful so thankful it's made me realize that every step that I have made in life has been ordained by God. As long as I'm still breathing, every step is still being ordained by God. And I hope that this week, as you go through this week, no matter what situation you are going through, no matter what the circumstances are, be thankful for the little things, the little things. Remind yourself to be thankful for something a day remind yourself because you don't know the battles that are going on in the spiritual realm for you with that being said i want to thank you so much for tuning in and i hope you enjoyed our conversation talk to you monday bye bye